amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Log Talk Radio. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and FSP, doing what I do because I do it for you all day, every day. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. I'm the realest G in the room. How you doing? And despite Blog Talk Radio's issues and despite everything that's going on, I am live and direct, and I'm going to bring it to you as best as I can. Now, you know who I am. You normally know who my co-host is. Normally, but, you know, he went MIA for the week. I don't know. I think he's taking a, a mini vacay. But he's here today. He's here today. And I don't want to push his buttons, but I might push his buttons just because, you know, he is who he is. But JTATM Money, please say hello to the people. How are you today, man? I'm doing well. And yourself, you sound so distinguished right now. What's I'm glad you you seem so distinguished. Well, I'm a distinguished type of guy, you know what I'm saying. And I gotta ha- I gotta I gotta put some class into this show. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. That, that, that's what it is. You gotta do. Okay. All right. It's a, it, it's a dirty job, but it's a dirty job, but somebody's gotta do it. I tell you what, old timer. <laughs> You ain't ready to put class in nothing other than your ass stop right there. Uh, you know, but, you got a problem talking about that other 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 um uh, that body part, man. It seems like you you bring whatever. that up all the time, man. I'm I'm, I'm starting to wonder. Whatever. Dude. I'm starting. Stop, I'm starting to wonder. Around. You know, Stop you know that you, you you know your commander in chief doesn't like that sort of thing. I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> um, listen, <laughs> I get this. I'm not gonna get into that. I I know you're not. Yeah. I know you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. I, I don't partake in that behavior, but I'm not gonna condemn people just because they might. That's uh, yeah, I understand. You know, I hear you. I understand. You don't have to go any further. You don't have to explain yourself. I understand. Of course. Now, i got to ask you a question. How the hell is your Facebook page linked to the damn show page and not my Facebook linked to the show page? 
I, I don't need know. to know that before we go I, any I further. Have, I have no idea. I I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. You know, I, I'm not. I'm I'm not that savvy to 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 override you, man. So I have no idea. All I do is what I do. When I get on my show, I um, post it to Facebook that we're live and in color, and I also do the same thing to um, uh, 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 Twitter and which I can't. Do, I forget what the other one was um, that that it's linked to. That uh, I, I we jump on there, but that's all I do. It's got three buttons on there on the um, on the studio, and I I link them and tell, tell them I'm live and in color. Anytime I go on the air, well, so I've been super you know busy, man. Color. I've been super super busy, super busy, and um, what's up? What's going on? You getting more work? It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot more. So, That's and good. I've been super busy. I, in fact, I, I had to spend some time this morning before I came on the show here because I had to take care of something. So I've been, uh, it's been crazy. I, I work. Uh, is it a good busy or is it a bad busy? No, it's a good busy, man. It's it's a good busy. It's a okay. good busy. Definitely a good busy. So, but you know, it's just got to take care of business. Got to make that moolah when it's available. So. Oh, I know. You know. I know, brother. Yeah. I'm up here trying to so. tell my wife, you know, stop spending money. I got a mortgage to pay. I don't care what mm-hmm. you want. It's what we need. You yep. know? Yep. But, it's tough. It's tough. They don't want to listen, but you got to keep on emphasizing, emphasizing, emphasizing until sooner or later. It'll click. It'll click. Oh, when the... when. When when the water ain't on, then it's okay. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I know you, but, but but that's the bottom line. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I got the. I mean, I'll let the water and electricity go on before I miss the mortgage. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I need somewhere to stay. I can yep. take a shower at the gym. But anyway, yep. <laughs> let's keep it moving. Uh, let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, boys and girls. So yeah, it's going to be kind of fun for me. Maybe not so much for JT, but um, we're going to talk about the NFC North, the Packers, sure, Lions, no Bears, and uh, Vikes, oh my. But that's not the part that you're probably not going to like, JT. The part What's that, man? Like What's that? MMA. We're talking MMA. Uh, we're going to talk about Jones Jones oh. versus Daniel Cormier. Yeah. And matter of fact, we're going to start the show off Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Did he get caught again? Did he get caught again? No, he did not. Okay. No, he didn't get I'm caught just, again. I'm, and he gets caught quite often. You know I'm what? just asking, did he, did he get you, caught you, again? <laughs> what you're saying is so <laughs> typical of a, you know, of a bigot of MMA. Look, John Jones. No, no. no he, come on. Stop. Stop. I'm only what? talking reality here because he is the poster child of failed tests. Am I right? Am no. I right? Yes, he is. No. He's the poster child. Come on, man. Come on. It, no. I, I wouldn't be surprised after this, he gets popped again. I wouldn't be surprised. He's that's not his, going that's to his, stop That's it. his M.O. Well, you, you said last time, and, and, and he got popped, popped multiple times. <laughs> Come on, man. Come okay. on. Well, the bottom line is this. 
mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier is looking to uh, get revenge for his only MMA defeat ever, where he lost uh, to John Jones. John Jones is looking for redemption because uh, he was interim champion while Daniel Cormier was out injured, and he, he didn't look good at all after coming back from a um, from a suspension for for uh, uh, substance abuse and say that again. Uh, legal say that issues. Again? Say that again. And then, and then <laughs> when they were going to fight a, again, um, and it's been proven because he had a year ban and it was uh, reduced. No, I believe he served a year. I believe he served his year. Um, mm-hmm. Because before their previous uh, fight, he was uh, – um, I'm not going to use the word caught, but he was um, suspended. He was suspended caught. for using a caught. banned substance, not a caught. not a controlled substance, but a banned caught. substance that was actually prescribed for him. Caught. Which actually was prescribed. So um, – now the 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 news is the big fight. It's on. A, it has a big fight card too. So it's a big big fight card. Um, that uh, I want to go over real quick. Uh, but hey, it beats uh, Mayweather. Uh, no, I don't care if you. Uh, you got to go to the bathroom. You need to take that to the bathroom. Uh, your that, constipation that, on air. That that that. <laughs> that, 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 that. I'm going to the bathroom because I'm about to, to to get rid of this MMA fight. That's what I'm going to the bathroom for. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, that's not. what I'm going to the bathroom for. And that's what you should should do with this MMA stuff. Go to the bathroom and get rid of it. <laughs> no. It, it, it's the future and boxing is garbage. But yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you, yeah. That's all it is, a digression. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. So the yeah. fight, the fight's yeah. happening today, um, yeah. and John Jones returns to the ring to try to to give Danny Cormier his second defeat. Uh, and the last time they actually fought, Jones was the champion, so he can he could afford to not be the very best that he needed to be. And he was. He was good, but he was in there with a world-class and world champion uh, wrestler, Olympic wrestling champion, I should say. Mm. Um, the difference this is, is, sickening. This is sickening. that Cormier, will you stop? Cormier is the champion now, and John has to go in uh, and and if he doesn't knock him out, which I don't think he'll do, because I don't think Daniel Cormier is going to stand up there and fight him. I think he's going to try to wrestle him and smother him. Um, but Cormier, uh, he doesn't have to beat John Jones to keep his title. He just has to make sure John Jones doesn't beat him. And that's the difference. Um, John Jones is an immense talent. Wait a minute. Say that again. I, cause I, you, you lost me there. Say that again. Okay, just like in boxing, I'll break it down to a simple term for you. Oh, uh, wait a you minute! Don't don't, don't don't even go I'm, there. I'm just trying to break it down like, so like, you like, understand. Like I'm some illiterate like boxing, dummy. 
in MMA, well, in MMA, that that might be true, but not in other things. Um, you know Daniel what? Cormier. <laughs> you know what? What? Oh, oh no, you don't got the four. No, you don't got the four. Are, are you the reason why I couldn't use direct dialing? Because direct dialing was not working. But no, that's okay. no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I just jumped on the board because I, I was I, I was waiting because I wanted to give you that boo. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Because you're a sucker. But anyway, uh, oh. just like in boxing, will you stop being rude? The champion does not have to beat the challenger. He just has to make sure the challenger doesn't beat him. And that's subscribing to the Floyd Mayweather style of boxing. So, Daniel Cormier. Who are we who talking about? Much Floyd? A, you, just, you just talking about Floyd? I said Daniel Cormier. Hallelujah. You know what, Jerry? Jerry, <laughs> I'm going to mute you, and I'm going to boot your access if you don't stop. All right. Go so, ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. DC is that is that former fighter, whereas he will, since he's such a great wrestler, if he gets you to the ground, he will make it the most boring fight ever. And that's what's going to be any. That's what's going to be anyway. That's not. Well, listen. These guys genuinely, genuinely don't like each other. Um, will there be one or two rounds where they, uh, you know, take off or whatever? Probably so, but I believe if they start slugging each other, if they start, it's gonna. You can forget the kicks. You might see a couple of knees, but you're gonna see hammer fists, punches, elbows, and stuff. But the way that Daniel Cormier fights, that's not the mo for his winning. The mo for his winning is get Jones to the ground and smother him and lay on him. Jones is a pretty good wrestler. Don't get it twisted. But he's not on the same level of wrestling as DC. Now, with that being said, Daniel has, you know, publicly said he he'll stand up there and he'll fight, you know, Jones in the middle of the octagon, and then if he needs to take him down, he'll take him down and stay on him. But he's not gonna go in there and just fight him, just because, you know, he's the champion. And I get it. So it wouldn't surprise me if DC wins the fight if it becomes one of those boring, I'll lay on him and he can't advance or he can't make any moves. But all around MMA, technically speaking, I believe Jones is the better fighter, technique-wise. Now, Dan Cormier, he's a very, very talented fighter. You know, he's 19-1. Jones is 22-1. DC's won 42% of his fights by knockout or TKO, John Jones 41%. John Jones has submitted 27% of his wins, and DC 21. Um, 37% decision for DC, 36% decision for John Jones. I mean, they're even up until a point, JT. Now, here's the big teller that should dictate how this fight is won, but it probably won't. Daniel Cormier is 71 inches tall, so he's 6'1". Uh, John Jones is 76 inches tall, so he's 6'6". 
Uh, they both weigh, weigh in at 205, uh, and, and DC has always had a problem coming down in weight, but he, he finds a way to get that determination when he fights, when, he, when he's going to fight John Jones. He, he finds a way to come down because he's a natural heavyweight. Um, so is Jones, but Jones is more likely to slim down to 205. It's a 12-inch reach advantage, a whole ruler reach advantage. 84 inches for Jones, 72 to uh, D.C. Legs, not that different. Uh, 45 inches for uh, Jones, 41 for D.C. Now, Jones is deadly with his legs, but if he gets his foot off the ground at some point and leaves the plant foot where D.C. can get it, that's a way for D.C. to shoot in and take him down. So I don't think that he's going to be using his legs a lot unless he's doing flying knees or something like that. Um, but the reach, the reach is the thing. John can actually control DC with his jab. He literally can. Um, the the difference is you're going against a world class wrestler, a Olympic winning wrestler. You know, it's gonna be tough. Now I know you don't like John Jones, but. I'll let you give your say on this because there are some other great fights on this card I want to talk about before we get into football. There's really nothing I want to say about this, man. I mean, this guy's been a multiple offender. So right there, that turns me off, that this guy is just a walking drugstore. So I'm I'm not even interested that much more because this guy's a walking drugstore. It's not like he, you know, he just, uh, you know, accidentally gets popped. He's got popped multiple times. He's got to triple play, if I'm not mistaken, in getting popped. So no, he does not. I am no, he does not. Three no, times. Not. Three times. Yeah. yeah. Have you got? Have you got three times? For performance enhancing or substance? No, no, we, we, whatever. Well, there's three a times. There's a difference. Women. Wait a minute. Difference. But wait a minute. Performance enhancing or drugs, it, it's all lumped together for me because there's a pattern there. There is a pattern there. I, I can Regardless, agree. I can agree. So if, if he's gotten more than twice, it, I'm saying it's a triple play. Maybe he's gotten a home run, which is four bases. I'm not sure. No. But, such a but, but I am not interested in a guy that gets popped multiple times, um, and especially in a sport like MMA. And because the fact is that that wait a minute, that's a, you, wait a minute. Let me let me finish about MMA because it it, it relies on a, a a lot of physicality, uh, and that it happens to. Enhance your physicality, uh, and if it's on or in the ring or out, this guy's got a pattern, and I'm not interested in if he's got a pattern like that. Obviously, if he's gotten popped twice for uh, performance-enhancing drugs, he hasn't learned his lesson. It's going to happen again, in my opinion, and it may happen more than once again in my opinion, because the fact is this guy's got a pattern. And until just, I see he changes like his pattern, abuse. what? Mm-hmm. 
just like spousal abuse. You're absolutely wait, right. Wait a minute, wait a minute, but you support wait a spousal wait abuser. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You support a spousal wait a abuser. Stop, so that's stop. Okay. Stop it. That's a totally no. different subject. Yes, it is. It's no, totally no, no, different, no, 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 Victor. No. It's what totally. You, what wait, me is, wait, me, wait, wait, wait a minute. 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 women. Here we go. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go. See, now you're trying to, now you're trying to, now you're trying to justify, now you're trying to justify MMA and John Jones. Now you're trying to justify by by go by go but going in. Wait a minute. Can I finish? You gave me the floor. Can I finish? And I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back because you say that Victor. Victor. And that Victor? John Jones is bad? Come on now. Go ahead. Are you, are you going to let me finish? At some Thank point. you. Thank you. Thank you. Point. Now, like I said, he's a, he's 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 gotten a triple play, whether it's for performance-enhancing drugs or street drugs. It does, to me, they're all lumped together because, like I said, it gives gives you an idea of where he's at, and he has a pattern. That's a pattern, okay, that he figures he can do anything he wants, whether it's performance-enhancing drugs or drugs. It's not too much different. It's all lumped together. And I got no interest in MMA anyway. And on top of that, this guy is a walking drugstore, walking drugstore, and he still is able to get in. Um, and do the things he does. Walking drugstore. You want to you want to bring in somebody that has the domestic violence. Totally different, totally different scope of uh, of an offense. Totally different. Now I didn't say I agree. Okay. I didn't say I agree. I just said this guy's a heck of a fighter, and I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather. Since you wanted to go that route. No, now listen, listen, listen. Okay, all. But is it? But is it totally different subject? Other than totally no, no, different no, subject. no. We're talking about character. We're talking about character. That's 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 the same subject. Because if your character is flawed, whether street performance drugs, I mean street drugs, performance enhancing drugs, or it's beating up women and 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 being manipulative of women and, you and go all this other room. stuff. There's character. You wanted to go there. Now, you don't you don't have any anything constructive to say about MMA or just this fight. That's the question. No, I told you. I, you know, I, you know, I told you from the beginning. I told you years ago. I am not your UFC MMA guy at all. Not I interested in any what? of these guys. And when a guy has a pattern. Of drug abuse, whether it's performance-enhancing drugs or um, street drugs, I'm really not interested because this guy has gotten multiple, multiple chances. Okay. Well, and, and still, I, and still, I, I'm going to move on. I, I don't want to hear that part because I want to talk about the, the card because the card has some great fights on it. Um. Next you have to talk Woodley, about it. Because you're, you're such a hater for one I don't follow it. I don't sport. follow it, man. I don't follow the mm. sport. It's not the type of sport that I like. 
It's not the type it's of sport that I sport. like. It's, it's not the type of sport that I like. I got no, no. I got it. I got it. It's not a sport you like, but I guess you don't like combat sports, and that would mean you don't like boxing. You don't like kickboxing. You don't like karate. You don't like anything like that. I got it. You I like, like boxing. To pretend they're fighting. You Box, pretend they're fighting, boxing. but they're just boxing. Doing boxing is a so, highly skilled. Boxing is a highly skilled. Woodley highly skilled sport. Fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tyrone Woodley's fighting Damian Maya. Now, this is Tyrone Woodley's uh, defense. I think famous. it's his uh, third defense of his title. Uh, he defeated uh, Robbie Lawler, and uh, he defeated a few other guys in defense of his title. Uh, this young man is a very talented guy. He's fighting a guy, Damian Maya, who is a boring fighter. But Damian Maya. If you get him on, if he gets you on the ground because he's a Brazilian black belt and master at this stuff, he's going to choke you out. But if he stands up and he tries to fight you, you can put him to sleep. You can injure him. He's more comfortable in the grappling sense of of, of a fight. Um, but he's been on a, a hell of a win streak, and he's been calling out for a title shot. He finally has it. And, you know, his thing, he, he would rather submit you than fight you, which is fine because that's his style of MMA. Um, 48% of his wins have come by submission. Um, he's not looking to knock you out, but he has 12% of his 25 wins by a KO or TKO, which is also a stoppage. He's 25-6, and six, is 16-3-1. Um, 41% of his wins have come by KO. This guy has speed and power and legs. The difference is you get him on the ground and he sucks. He is not good. He might have improved, but we'll see what happens in this fight. Um, he has a slight reach advantage of two inches, um, but the thing is he just can't let Maya take him to the ground. Now, a fight that I thought Jerry might like because it's women. He loves the women's sports. But uh, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, this woman is a monster, literally. Um, and hopes of her destroying Ronda Rousey or anybody else, um, well, Ronda Rousey, that is, is, is gone. But she's going to terrorize the rest of the 145-pound weight class in the women's division. She's fighting for the featherweight title against Tanya... Um, Edinger. Now, Tanya, she isn't in the best of shape, but she's also very technically sound. Cyborg's win, she has 16 wins. 88% of them by knockout or KO. Only 13% by uh, decision. Now, Tanya, she has 42% by uh, KO, TKO, 21 by, uh, 21% by decision, and um, 37% by submission. Now, she's 19 and 5. The difference is she does not throw a lot of punches. She might throw one punch in a minute. She's more of a counter striker. Cyborg, on the other hand, she throws almost nine punches a minute. And that's ridiculous, especially for this weight class. Um this is going to be a whitewash, in my opinion. 
I believe Cyborg goes in there um, unless she gets caught, unless she gets caught and wins this title. Um, if you have not heard of Chris Cyborg, look her up. I really didn't like her. I don't like her, but I can't deny her physical ability. Um, she's a terror. She literally, in my opinion, could beat a lot of the dudes in the 145-pound weight class because she's that good. Um, still don't like her, though. On to Robbie Lawler Chris, uh, facing uh, Donald Cerrone. Now, this is a fight I really like. I really like this fight because these two guys, they will scrap. They will go at it. Now, Cowboy, he's been on a uh, – he's lost a few fights, and he changed weight classes. But um, all around, he's an excellent fighter, excellent fighter. Robbie Lawler, former champion, the guy Tyrone Woodley uh, beat for the title. Um, again, very talented fighter. The guy will slug. He has a no-quit uh, in him. I don't believe he's ever been knocked out. He might have been, but all the fights I've seen, he's always, always been there and uh, hasn't gone down. 74% of his 27 wins have come by KO or TKO. That says something. Donald Cerrone, 50% of his wins have come by submission. I mean, and that's one issue that Robbie Lawler faces, the ground. Um, on the feet, he's a beast. But, you know, it's not always peaches and cream when you have a, a stand-up fighter versus a um, a ground attack guy. And I think that's the theme of this card. Um, but that's an interesting fight. I can't even call it because I like it so much. But um, I'm going to say Cerrone just because I believe he's he's going to knock the ring rust or octagon rust off of Lawler. Lawler hasn't been in, in the octagon in quite some time. Um, back to the heavyweights or the light heavyweights, Jimmy uh, Manau, I can't get his name, Manawa, is uh, in the weight class of Daniel Cormier and John Jones. He actually has been lobbying for a fight for the title. And after he faces the number five ranked Vulcan Ozdemir, if he wins, if he wins, um, he should get a title shot. Either one of these guys, after they after this fight, they win decisively, um, should get a title shot because it's number three and number five guy. But should I have two fighters ahead of them um, taking it up? Now, Manawai is 17-2. and Ozdemir um, is 14-1. and Both of these guys rely on their hands uh, to win the fight. 88% to 71%. Jimmy wins by 88% KO, TKO, and Vulcan wins 71% KO, TKO. Um, the reach is a bit of a, uh, not that big of a difference, not like uh, Cormier and Jones, but uh, Jimmy has a four-inch reach advantage at 79 inches versus the 75 inches of Vulcan. Again, this card is a very packed and, and highlighted card. I didn't want to spend too much time on it, because I believe uh, the main card speaks for itself, but the end of cards is can be seen on Fox XX, and, uh, which are the prelims, and then Fight Pass. There are still some very, very good fights on um, both those sides. Check them out if you can. Awesome time uh, for fight fans. If you want to see um, real fighting as far as uh, a variety 
of, of fighting, mixed martial arts style. Uh, hopefully, um, the card lives up to the hype. You know, some fights never live up to to the hype because of whatever reason, whether it's the fighters don't make a good fight, or one fighter just wants to, you know, tap dance around and 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 score points, which is fine. I mean, that's that's the way they win. That's how they defend their title. That's how they win fights. But it doesn't draw fans, other than those that don't like you. And you know that's the case in uh, a couple of these fights we got here. But we'll see what happens. A fight's a fight. But right now, let's get ready for a fight between JT and myself as we get ready to talk football. And when I talk football, I got to put some bulls on parade. Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor, not niftiness. The water bug and whippet backs rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the butt of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. And with that being said, it's time to play a little lemonade. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. FSP proudly presents our NFC North Breakdown. You ready for this, JT? I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> I just said, are you ready? I didn't say, were you listening? I just yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can't hear the music. Can you hear the music? I don't hear it at all. I don't hear it all. Okay, well, all right. Maybe it'll come up at the end of opportune time like most of these things did. All right, so we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears first, the least in the big uh, black and blue division, and I believe they're going to stay uh, the least in that division. But according to an NFL team insider field's key fantasy questions, um, from Athlon Sports, will Jordan Howard be used as a workhorse running back, 300-plus carries, or will he be sharing the load with Jeremy Langford? Now, last year, he was the second leading rusher in the NFL. And that was after he took over, I think, week four, something like that. So that's amazing that Jordan Howard did that. Jerry touted his abilities um, not too strongly because Langford is still a very capable back, but when he got injured, he opened the door for Howard, and Howard never looked back. Okay, One of the Bears' biggest mistakes last year was not running the ball enough, but it's doubtful Howard will get 300 carries in 2017. Howard had 252 carries last year as a rookie. That's 1,313 yards. Even though he didn't become the starter until week four, but in addition to Langford and uh, Kadeem Carey, the Bears added fourth-round running back Tariq Cohen, who figures prominently as a third-down option. Does Mike Glennon start every game this season, or will we see, or will we see uh, Mitch Trubisky before all is said and done? Now, I think you're actually going to see Mark Sanchez before you see Trubisky. I do you think so. Glennon will make $16 million guaranteed this season, so the Bears hope to get their money's worth and to bring Trubisky along slowly. Sorry about that. 
Fans uh, may clamor for Trubisky late in the season, but the wiser move would be to uh, resist the urge to toss him into the fire. Shut out the pecking order for the targets among wide receivers and tight ends. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Williams has been in the league two years, hasn't played one official NFL down, um, injury prone, but he's their number one guy. I actually think he isn't, but by salary and by their uh, draft, I mean by their uh, roster, he is. Um, the wild card is Kevin White, who has played in just four games through his first two injury uh, ravaged seasons. He has the physical skills to become a go-to guy, but has not played enough to develop much as a route runner. Cam Meredith had a breakout season, uh, second season, but a healthy White will take away some of those Meredith's targets. No other wide receiver is worth mentioning. Often injured tight end Zach Miller is a productive and gifted receiver when healthy, but he started just 27 games in a career that began in 2009. Deion Sims is a third-down player, but has never caught more than 26 passes in any of uh, four previous seasons. Rookie Adam Sheehan will get opportunities if he can make the jump from Division to Ashland. Now, I want everybody to remember there's also a guy by the name of Victor Cruz there. Victor Cruz is a savvy guy, but Jerry touted this while he was with the uh, Giants. He is not a number one. So in order for Victor Cruz to be valuable to you in the fantasy world and to the Bears, Kevin White or Meredith needs to step up and be that number one guy. Now, Meredith, he showed out last year. He actually did. He When he had the one-on-ones because people were double-teaming uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you know, he, he took advantage of those opportunities. The difference is this. There's no Alshon Jeffries anymore. Uh, Kevin White, can he stay on the field? If not, Victor Cruz probably becomes that number one guy, and that means Meredith becomes the number two. They can go one-on-one with any cornerback, and they can load the box. The defense can load the box. I don't think that the Bears are going to be anywhere decent, even though their fantasy stud of Howard is, is a great guy to have. Um and Kendall Wright's on the team, too, but I don't know where he's going to fall in. Uh, Marcus Wheaton comes in from uh, the Steelers. But I don't trust Glennon. I really don't. Uh, not a guy that I think is going to be um, lightened up in a run-heavy offense. The article started out saying that uh, they didn't run enough last year. I think that's going to change. Your thoughts on the Bears before we get to the um, to the uh, schedule, JT? We're talking about the basement dwellers that, that are going to be the Chicago Bears this, this year. Um, I'm not l- looking to see too much from them. Uh, I do believe that it's a wait and see with Mike Glennon being the starter and for how long I do believe they want Mitch Trubisky even though he was the what the second pick in the draft no, to number uh, one number one overall. no I'm sorry that's right the number one pick in the draft that um they want him to sit uh behind Mike Glennon and see what they have in Mike Glennon before they unleash Mitchell Trubisky things can change later in the season maybe a shot that he gets in a game or two uh, just to get his feet wet and prime for next year. But with the uh, 
19th ranked schedule, a strength of schedule. Um, just a little past uh, halfway of uh, the schedule rankings, Chicago Bears, especially dealing with Minnesota, who's got a hell of a defense. Um, Detroit, who's not a strong defense, but I got a decent defense with a pretty good offensive um, weapons. And quite naturally, Aaron uh, Rodgers and company, who own the Chicago Bears, these, these Bears are going to have an issue of being competitive in their own division, much less the NFC. I'm going to tell you, I think they go 3-13. and 13. Yes, I said 3-13. and 13. Here's the schedule. Atlanta at Tampa, Pittsburgh at Green Bay, Thursday night. Then on a Monday night, they come back and play Minnesota at Baltimore, Carolina at New Orleans, and then week nine they have a bye. And at this point, I believe they've uh, won maybe one game, and that's at Baltimore, um, which will have the fans in Chicago and media saying, is it time to move to Trubisky? I really think that's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to get, you know, thrown into the fire, because when they come out from the bye week, it doesn't get much better. Green Bay, Detroit, at Philly, San Fran, at Cincinnati, at Detroit, Cleveland, at Minnesota. Now, I believe they win uh, versus San Fran and they win versus Cleveland. But other than that, I don't see them doing much more because they're going to have to throw the ball uh, against all of these teams. Atlanta, high-scoring offense. Tampa, looking to be a high-scoring offense. Pittsburgh, high-scoring offense. Green Bay, high-scoring offense. Minnesota, that might be more of a, uh, you know, uh, a north black and blue division type game. Depends on who's the quarterback. Is it going to be uh, Bradford or is it going to be uh, Bridgewater? Um, at Baltimore, we don't know what they're going to be. We really don't because Flacco's out for three to six weeks. And, you know, we don't know what the quarterback's going to be. If Flacco has a really bad disc in his lower back, he might not even make it through. Uh, to week eight or week uh, six. Carolina, much improved. New Orleans, now that might be a good game depending on how the New Orleans defense is, but offensively, they can't stay with New Orleans. Green Bay, of course. Detroit, of course. I actually think Philly is going to be the dark horse that everybody's sleeping on. Um, we're going to talk about that next week. But Philly is going to whoop up on that butt. Um, San Fran, I don't believe in Bobby Hoyer. Um, and if they don't have Kirk Cousins by that time, I don't think they'll be doing well. Uh, at Cincinnati, at Detroit on a Saturday, then Cleveland, and at Minnesota. Uh, I don't see much of hope for the Chicago Bears. Um, Jordan Howard, Lancer, they might get a lot of touches because they're going to be swinging the ball in the backfield. Now, Meredith, he might be worth a, in my opinion, a flex or, you know, a number – a low number two, high number three uh, receiver, it depends on the format you're in. If you have three wide receivers, then, yes, he's definitely a, a third receiver uh, in there. But if you're using two wides and the flex of a running back or wide receiver and, you know, you need somebody that's going to get some numbers but maybe not spectacular numbers, yeah, I say put them in there. Honestly, 
I think the Bears are going to be at the top of the lottery again. Um, unfortunately for them, it's going to happen this year again until they fix their defense. Now, the defense is going to get fixed. I give it another year, which will be this year. The problem is, will their offense be able to stay up or catch up to that defense? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, your thoughts on that before we move on to the next team, JT? Uh, well, I have to agree with uh, your assessment of what they're going to be at at the end of the year. Um, I think they're going to be drafting high again within the top five. I'd be extremely surprised if there's anything below five in, in uh, the draft next year. Uh, so that means that they won't have a good year with the schedule that you laid out. Uh, I think uh, it's safe to say that three games, maybe four games, is about what they're going to uh, look like at the end of the year. Okay. Um, let's move on to the team that's tied for the 21st uh, toughest schedule in the NFL this upcoming season. I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. Now, I'm going to tell you the one person, the one person that this team is going to sink or swim on, the bottom last week, Amir Abdullah. I know Theo Riddick is probably going to have a little more fantasy points than him, but Amir Abdullah has the ability to be that guy, and he has the ability to be the uh, the Gordon of this year like uh, Gordon was last year. What I mean by that is people sleeping, 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 and then he comes out and he breaks off in their bootay hole. Um, if he does that, that means Detroit now becomes a dual threat offense as opposed to just a passing attack offense. Um, but according to the Athlon uh, Insider, who asked some key fantasy questions of the team, here's what they had to say. What are the plans for the backfield with Amir Abdullah coming back from a foot injury and Theo Riddick? Dwayne Washington and Zach Zinner also in the mix. The Lions are still bullish on Abdullah as a lead back. And last year's season-ending foot injury was deemed a fluke. He still has to improve his ball security. But if he stays healthy, he'll get 15 carries a game. Where he might lose out, though, is at the goal line. Either to Zinner, who impressed in spot starting due to last season, or Washington, a possibly veteran free agent addition. Riddick's wrist injuries are a bigger question mark. But when he's active, he's a valuable flex option. And here's the thing, though, guys. We know that Stafford likes to throw the ball to Riddick out of the backfield. Sometimes Riddick lines up in the slot or, you know, flanking the, the offensive line as a wide receiver. He has good hands. You add Marvin Jones, uh, Golden Tate, and hopefully Ebron emerges as that tight end that everyone wants him to be or thinks he should be. Matthew Stafford has a lot of weapons. If the defense can stay off of the field, Detroit can make some serious noise. Now, they have top of the 21st toughest schedule, which means it's somewhat easy, but I'm looking at it, and it's like Jerry says, not who you play, but when you play. It's going to be kind of tough for them, in my opinion. Um, But 
I think this team is, is pretty daggone good. Um, we talk about the defensive rankings, scoring 13th, rushing 18th, passing 19th. Third down efficiency is where they got killed, though. They were almost last. They were 31 um, or 31st. Red zone TDs, 27, 5%. So they gave up a lot of red zone touchdowns. Red zone percentage, 30th, 7% of the time that your team was in the red zone. They got a touchdown. That's two out of three times, JT. Two out of three times. But uh, let's go to the Marvin Jones or Eric Ebron. Who would you get? I'm going to ask you that before I read this. Who would you get, JT? Marvin Jones or Eric Ebron first? Marvin Jones and who? Eric Ebron. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Good question. Uh, To tell you the truth, um, I think Eric Ebron is who I would take. Uh, I think he's he's finally getting it, and I think he's going to – have a pretty good year, um, uh, a big target, middle of the field, and I think Matthew Stafford's going to use him a lot this year. Okay, well, according to the article, Jones is probably good for another 100-plus targets and his first 1,000-yard season, but there's more growth potential for Ebron. The fourth-year tight end will never live up to the top 10 draft status, but his production has steadily climbed uh, each season despite a series of nagging injury problems and struggles with drop passes. And depending on how quickly rookie Kenny Galladay, I can't get his name right, comes along, Ebron could have a bigger role as a de facto number three receiver. Will Matthew Stafford put together another top ten fantasy season? I believe so. Um, He's going to get paid like, like one. The game plan still will favor a more risky, risk-averse approach from Stafford, unlike his record-setting years with Calvin Johnson early in his career. Proved run game could help open things up downfield without stealing too many red zone TD opportunities. And with a second full year under coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, you'd expect even better command and numbers from Stafford. Here's a guy that I think people, he's a gunslinger, you know, they're like, well, I, I'll get him, but he throws too many interceptions. Um, that I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think last year when he only threw 10 interceptions was his uh, career best. So I think it's going to stay there and lower. Um, his touchdown total might improve last year. He threw for 24. I think it goes for somewhere in between 30, 35 this year. Um, but the key here is, they didn't have one back that ran the ball more than 92 times last year. Theo Riddick ran it 92 times. And he's not even the lead back. But he's the one that touches the ball the most, apparently, because 92 rushes and 53 uh, receptions. That's a heck of a, you know, of a call for him. Now, remember, Anquan Bolden is gone. So somebody else has to step up as a number three receiver and get some of those touches. 
Will it be Amir Abdullah? Will it be, you know, Theo Riddick? Will it be the rookie, um, Go? I can't get his name right, Goladay? You know, six foot four, two hundred eighteen pound guy out of Northern Illinois, quite possibly. But JT, this this oof, this schedule kind of worries me. They open up with Arizona, then they have the Giants Monday night, Atlanta, at Minnesota, Carolina, at New Orleans. Then they have a bye week, uh, week seven. Pittsburgh at Green Bay Monday night, Cleveland at Chicago, Minnesota Thursday night at Baltimore at Tampa Bay. Chicago Saturday at Cincinnati and finishing up with Green Bay. What do you see their record being? I think it's probably going to match what they did um, last year. Uh, maybe one more win. The most, uh, they got the 21st, the tie with Cleveland with the 21st uh, uh, ranked schedule in the league. Uh, and think that's going to benefit them um but you're right their running game that's the key to where they go um they have to be uh, uh more multi-dimensional versus just versus you know they're going to always pass because they had an extremely hard time running the football theoretic is not a a first or second down back he's a third down back uh passing the football to him uh they have to get somebody who can be consistent. And they were um, depending on Amir Abdullah before he had a, uh, a foot injury. Hopefully he can stay healthy. They got um, um, Zenner, I think his name is, um, mm-hmm. to be to be a big back. But uh, I think the main crux of what they would do is uh, fall on the shoulders of Amir Abdullah. So. Okay. Well, I can see them being eight and eight, nine and seven, because they've got a lot of tough games. Um, but I think both of their games, uh, excuse me, of course, on the bottom half, uh, when you play Cleveland, Chicago twice, um, and Baltimore. Um, but the first couple games are, are very, very tough, in my opinion. And they might steal one or two of those games because. Carolina and New Orleans is always a, a tough game. Uh, Carolina coming up to them in October might be a game they still at Minnesota, depending on who's the quarterback. And, you know, if the running game's any good, it, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. But it's going to be tough. So here's my question. Do you think Detroit makes the playoffs? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Oh wow! The NFC is going to be highly competitive, man. They're going to be right Agreed. on the edge. They're going to be right on the edge. Um, I think it's going to be typical Detroit having to win the last one or two games to qualify for them to get into playoffs. I think that's exactly what's going to happen to them. Um, I think they're going to lose some games early in the season that they should have won and it may cost them near the end of the season. Okay. All right. Not a problem. Um, let's move on to Green Bay. Now, here's the thing about Green Bay. They're getting better, but they're taking a, tight, a, a um, wide receiver 
who they converted last year to a running back and making him the full-time starter. He added a couple more pounds, so he's going to be a little bit bruiser. Ty Montgomery is a pretty good back, I'll be honest with you. He's the type of back that um, excels in their system, whereas they can run, they can pass with them, um, he can catch the ball to the backfield. Uh, he's a good zone running type of back, but it's I don't know if it's his natural uh, his natural position because I don't know what he played in college. I mean, excuse me, what he played in high school, but he seems very comfortable with it. And so do the Packers, so much so that they decided to make him the starter. Um, again, from uh, Athlon, uh, a insider talked to them about some fantasy questions. And first question is, how would you treat current starting running back Ty Montgomery in fantasy drafts? Well, before I even get to reading what it says, is he a guy worth drafting in the uh, first two or three rounds, Jerry? No. No, no, no. I got three other words for you. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Mays. They drafted three running backs. Now, everybody's saying that Ty Montgomery is the main back. Well, if that's the case, why draft three running backs? They're not too – they may be – Maybe not sold on Ty Montgomery completely. No, I agree. I agree, but I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. If you're going to draft three running backs at least, and the first one you get in the fourth round, I will get somebody from a better um, run-based system. BYU is a good system, but I don't think they're uh, that big of a running powerhouse. Um, also, UTEP definitely not. And then Utah State. Utah State, that kid's pretty good. He's 230, 5'10". That's only knocking him is his height. But he's, he's, he's 230 at 5'10". Um, you know, the running back is the size of, of Montgomery. Jamal Williams, he's six foot 213. And that's about what um, Ty Montgomery is. So, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. But let's read what the, the report has to say. All you, won't ever, you, won't, you, 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 you won't ever see me drafting Ty Montgomery. Don't trust him. Okay. I don't trust him. Okay. Although Coach Mike McCarthy said after the draft that Montgomery was absolutely the Packers starting running back, it is not hard to envision Jamal Williams getting the bulk of the carries, which would in turn save some uh, wear and tear on Montgomery so that he can showcase his versatility. Packers Director of Football Operations, Elliot Wolf called Williams a classically clean-to-tackle size running back. Hmm. That speaks. <sighs> but I, I honestly think that the uh, acquisition of Martellus Bennett is, is one of the best things the Packers could have done. Because now Jordan, Devontae, and, and Randall will be freer to make uncontested passes. Um, but that's also going to take away from some of their passes as well. But will he emerge as a top five fantasy tight end? Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback who loves going for the tight end. My answer is yes. There's no question Rodgers loves to, uh, to have a big athletic tight end in his arsenal. 
but there's still only one ball to go around. And Rogers' mantra of his favorite um, receiver being the one who's open means Bennett will have to make the most of his targets while meshing with a group of uh, which includes Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and two other tight ends with pass catching abilities, and Lance Kendricks and Richard Rogers. Has Devontae Adams supplanted Randall Cobb as the number two wide receiver? Are there enough targets for the Packers to have three fantasy relevant wide receivers? That's a good question. Do you think he uh Devontae has passed Randall Cobb, JT? Ooh. Um You know, I think the reason why, and it's a roundabout way to tell me, but I'll tell you, answer the question, but I have to premise it like this. Uh, he was hurt quite a bit, meaning Randall Cobb. He was hurt quite a bit last year, and you didn't see the real Randall Cobb that you saw the previous year. Uh, if he can stay healthy, Randall Cobb's the number two. Devontae Adams is number three. I agree. Uh the thing is, Cobb is one of those players that can play a little running back, can play, you know, in the slot, can be on the line as well or flanked out. Um, I, I think it's a very good thing the Packers have going on offensively, um, minus the running back situation. But we'll see what uh, this person has to say. Adams insisted during the 2015 struggles that his issues was an ankle injury, not lack of talent. Held in 2016, he proved his point with 91 receptions and 1,214 yards and 14 touchdowns, including playoffs. While Cobb's struggles opened up more opportunities for Adams, and he delivered a con- he delivered uh, a healthy Cobb should rebound after two injury-plagued years. Also worth noting, Adams is in a contract year, and when Cobb was in the same situation in 2014, he said career best in every category. But that doesn't translate to adding Martellus Bennett in there to grab a lot of those touches. I honestly think because Martellus is there, that's not going to help um, Devontae Adams' contract situation. I really don't think it will. Um, hopefully the Packers do what they're supposed to do and win this division. But it's not that easy of a cakewalk. You know, they they have 18th-ranked um, schedule. And it doesn't open up too nicely for them. But it ends on a you know, pretty decent note. So they have Seattle at Atlanta, Cincinnati, Chicago Thursday night at Dallas, at Minnesota, New Orleans. Then middle of the season they have a bye week. Come back Monday night and play Detroit at Chicago, Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, at Cleveland, at Carolina, Minnesota on a Saturday, and they finish out the season at Detroit. Um... I don't think they're going to have that, you know, first five-game losing streak like they did last year. But it's not going to be easy. I'm looking at 10-6, and 11-5 and five for them. Um, again, both of their winnings going to come on the back end because that's what the Packers do. They heat up towards the end of the, of the season and carry it over into the playoffs. Your thoughts? I'm thinking uh, about the same – it's not going to be easy. That that back end in that schedule, uh, teams are going to be jockeying, trying to win as many games as possible, especially teams that are being playoff contention, like the Steelers, like the Bucks, like the Panthers, like the Vikings, and like the Lions. They take, play two division rivals back-to-back, one at home, one away. 
um, uh, I have to believe that 10 and, 10 and 6 uh, probably wins the division. Uh, it, it would surprise me if they go 11 and 5, seeing what I'm seeing on, 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 in the schedule. Uh, 10 and 6 is probably be more realistic, and they'll be fighting with uh, uh, two other teams for the division title near the end of the season, what they do with Minnesota and Detroit. That is true. That is true. Um, now, I think they're going to win it, but I also think that uh, Detroit's going to come in second, and Minnesota, depending on the quarterback, depending on the quarterback, will be fighting for that second spot or third spot. And I've already said it earlier, but I might have to re, uh, rethink my phrase where I said that uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and uh, Atlanta were going to make the playoffs. It might be two out of the south and two out of the north. Um, but it also just might be two out of the south and two out of the east because I'm getting more and more favorable uh, thoughts about a team out of the east that's not a Redskin. So um, we'll talk about that. But let's get to Minnesota as we uh, wrap up the NFC North. Uh, they just paid, you know, Mr. Uh, Smith some money. Now they're uh, – and Everson Griffin, those guys were paid. Now they're talking about paying Xavier Wood. They went out, drafted a very good running back in Dalvin Cook in the second round. Who's the future? Latavius Murray is the present, and he'll be there for maybe one or two years. Uh, I'll say two, two to three, actually, until Devontae Booker takes the job from him and he becomes the backup. He's starting on the pup list right now, so Devontae Booker's getting all the reps, all the starting reps, and he's been looking good. So here we go. What are your expectations for Dalvin Cook as a rookie? Is he already the more running back? And, again, I'm going to tell you, in college, that kid was a beast, but he had some fumbling problems, especially in some big games where the ball just mysteriously fell out of his hands as he went to the end zone. Some people speculated, well, maybe it was some uh, point spread issues going on there. Those were some rumors uh, that went around because it never failed in the beginning part of the season where he was going in for a touchdown and all of a sudden the ball just magically either left his hands or he went out of bounds or something that just didn't jive right, but it happened. Um, but Dalvin Cook will make an immediate impact from an actual football standpoint, but I'm not sure if it will be a big enough statistical uh, to satisfy the fantasy football world. But Cook starts or doesn't, he will share the load with Latavius Murray, a bigger back who probably will get the bulk of the short yardage and goal line opportunities. Dalvin will probably be that third down guy just to get his feet wet, catching the ball out. And they're talking about putting him in on kickoff returns as well. Um, so there's some chance for him, some upside there as well. Um, Cook also has a problem with ball security. He could be uh, spending time with Mike Zimmer's doghouse early on. I mentioned it early as well. Uh, which Vikings wide receiver finishes with the most fantasy points in 2017? Look, I like Thiessen, but Stefan Diggs is that guy. He is that guy if they throw him the ball. 
Uh, well, the best receiver is Stephon Diggs, so I'll go with him. The hope is the running game will be better. It will be, although that's not saying much. With defenses uh, respecting the play action and guy like Diggs can wiggle free deep downfield. Kyle Rudolph is, and I don't know why people don't understand this, he has more target than most tight ends have. It's just the fact that the ball isn't put where it needs to be or something fluky happens, right? But will he finish as a top five fantasy tight end? He could. I don't think he will, but he could. Um, here's what the, the insider had to say. I think his career is still on the upswing and that he'll benefit from the upgrade offensive line and a full offense of, uh, excuse me, offseason of coordinator Pat Shermer in, installing an offense that maximizes matchups. Randolph has come off in a career year and is ready to be a consistent target for Sam Bradford, who has shown accuracy to all points on the field. Now, that's if Bradford's a quarterback. But we'll see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. Can the Vikings defense especially seem to produce like a top five fantasy option? Again, the answer for me is yes. I believe the proper people leaders are going to be um, constructive and destructive. The problem is, will the offense stay up with them? Um, but the insider says, I wouldn't count on it simply because they've lost Cordell Patterson. He led the league in kickoff returns three of the past four years and was always a threat to score. And Zimmer preaches sound defense over gambling for Cruz. While Marcus uh, Shirelles has scored his share of touchdowns off punt returns, he's not a game-breaker but more of a product of excellent blocking schemes and execution. This is one of the reasons why I believe the Vikings have decided to try Dalvin Cook at, uh, or excuse me, not Dalvin. Uh, yeah, it is. Dalvin Cook in the kick return game because of his speed, his, his explosiveness, and the fact that he's a pretty tough guy to get down. If they can keep up the blocking schemes, that guy can be a threat, a big-time threat in the kick return game, whether it's punt or uh, kickoff. So we'll see what happens there. With all that being said, JT, what are your thoughts about the Minnesota Vikings? Oof. Offensive line has to improve. Uh, they were absolutely horrible last year. Um, uh, depending on if how much they improve, I think that's they, they make the most impact. They have a top five defense. Um, they need to keep their guys healthy. Uh, and uh, with Sam Bradford, as, as efficient as he is, um, with a r- decent running game, just like Detroit, they have to be a uh, uh, more of a multidimensional offense and not rely on Sam Bradford, even though he's pretty efficient and um, uh, uh, takes care of the football for, for, for the most part. They have to be a, a, a run-based defense. Mike Zimmer is a um, defensive-minded coach. Most defensive-minded coaches are very conservative in their offensive philosophy. And that means running the football and playing a sound defense. Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray um, are key to that. Um, well, you can't run the ball, you can't protect the quarterback things aren't going to be good for you. And it has to be fixed up front. I think Matt Khalil is no longer with the Vikings. He's gone down to Carolina with his brother. So the brother's the center for Cam Newton, and 
Uh, he is the left tackle for Cam Newton, um, which isn't bad. But what has the Vikings, or what have the Vikings done to shore up that offensive line? I mean, I'm looking at their draft. I see a center with the third pick, well, the second pick, third round. Then I see a guard in the fifth round, and that's it. I'm not sure who they picked up in free agency, but if you're going to rely on your third rounder and your fifth rounder to come in and be that productive, those guys have got to be able to move mountains, mainly because uh, I believe in Zimmer's style of offense and defense. You play safe, sound, fundamental uh, football. Yeah, go for the interception or the strip or whatever when you can to tackle first. And on the offense side, you run the ball. You run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, and you set up that play action. Stephon Diggs is a deep threat every time. That's why Kyle Rudolph had a great year last year because people were stretched out and there was stuff over the middle for Kyle Rudolph to get open. Um, they need to find that second guy, Thiessen, you know, or, or Thielen, seems like he's that guy. Laquan Treadwell was supposed to be that guy out of college. Let's see how he does in his sophomore year. Does he learn from you know, what happened last year where he let a um, unrestricted free agent come in and take the number two spot from him, which was pretty much given to him when he was drafted. Um, will, will it happen? I don't know. All the comparisons to Randy Moss, but no fizzle and no pop. Um, with that being said, let's go over this, this schedule, JT. It's the 27th toughest schedule. It's top of the 27th, which means it's supposed to be easy. I'll say this. They have more of an opportunity to come in second place and go for first than Detroit does. But, it, again, all depends on who's the quarterback and the play of the offensive line. They open up Monday night versus New Orleans um, at Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Detroit, at Chicago Monday night, Green Bay, Baltimore, at Cleveland, and London. Then week nine they have a bye. They come back and face Washington then the Rams, at Detroit Thursday night, at Atlanta, at Carolina. So uh, four of their first five games after the bye are on the road. Um, Then they have Cincinnati, at Green Bay on a Saturday, and they finish out with Chicago. It's going to be rough when they come back from that bye, but it's going to be rough before the bye as well. But I do see them possibly doing a 10-6, 9-7 record, Uh, mainly because I see them – actually running the ball on a lot of these teams because the teams they're facing don't have really strong run defenses. Um, and that's what they're, the name of the game is going to be for them. And a lot of these teams don't have solidified number one bona fide uh, cornerbacks that can stay with Stephon Diggs. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough schedule. But I do see 10 and 6, 9 and 7 with the Minnesota Vikings, especially – if Dalvin Cook becomes a kick returner and does some stuff spectacular on the special team side. What are your thoughts? My thoughts is this. This has got to be the last one because I have uh, – I got to go somewhere after this. Um, it is. It's gonna it take is the me. last one. Okay. Um, I think the Minnesota Vikings are one of those bubble teams. Uh, you never know what you're going to get. They, like I said, they have to have a running game, man. If they don't have a running game, um, they're going to be in a lot of 
fights that they're going to be on the short side of. Um, nine and seven. From what I'm seeing here, maybe, absolutely maybe, ten and six. No more than that, though. Um, no, no more than that. Uh, the schedule they have, I know it's one of the weaker schedules down there, but it, the team, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And like you mapped out, that last set of games, four of the last five games, uh, let me see now, hold on a minute. Let me just say, Lions, at the Lions, at the, yeah, at the, no, at, at the Lions. After the bye. Well, no, and I'm, I'm not even worried about that. I'm, what I'm worried about is this. At the Lions on the road, at Falcons on the road, at the Panthers, right there. That's tough. Then they come home and play the Bengals. The Bengals are, are going to be – they should be uh, uh, more improved than their offense and their defense are, are, are no joke. Then they go on the road to play the Packers um, at late in the year. And then they play, wind up playing the Bears at home. That is no joke. One, two, three, three out of the last six games, they play um, against division rivals, and two of them are on the road. That's tough. I say they're nine and seven. I don't even think they get to ten and six. I think. I mean, it's going to be tough, but I think they can make it. Um, with that being said, we got about 10 minutes left in the show and you got to go. So we'll go. promote tomorrow's show. All right. I'm going to go. And, and since it's getting close, it's about 40 days, 40 days before the NFL season starts. Next week, I'm starting to break down each position fantasy wise in my rankings. Tomorrow, I'm going to say, just like I usually do every year, do's and don'ts, what you should do, what you shouldn't do in drafting. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jump on in there. Here comes fantasy seasons right around the corner. All right. With that being said, JT is about to get out of here. So am I. Um, I, I just closed something I did not mean to close. But uh thing is this. August, we have got, the Hall of Fame I got to go. I see go. go ahead and go. Go ahead, go ahead. See you later. The Hall of Fame game is next week, uh, or weekend, I should say. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony happens Thursday night. Uh, first game of the season, or preseason, I should say, Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what I will tell you is this, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to see – football back, and you're going to see uh, some fun this year. I really think you are. Unfortunately, you might see some of the old faces in the same places. Uh, I don't think the – I've always said this, but I'm probably wrong, but hopefully I'm not, that the Patriots, they're looking to come back and, and defend their title. I think that the door is starting to close on them. It will very soon. Um, and that means that the Jets and the Dolphins and stuff like that, they're going to make it. I mean, look at it this way. The Dolphins made it to the playoffs last year with a 26-point offense, and I believe the 14th, 15th-ranked defense. 
So things are going to happen over in that Eastern uh, Division, and the Patriots are going to be the ones losing, I hope. I hope. But next week, next week, we're going to discuss the Hall of Fame as well as close out our divisional previews with the NFC East, which I believe is going to be the best division in football this year. A lot of young talent, but a lot of disarray. We're going to find out what goes on over there as well. So hopefully you guys will be there with us when we talk about the uh, Hall of Fame inductees and uh, prepare you for that game and the fantasy. We're going to also begin talking about, or I am on this program, our IDPs, individual defensive players. I like talking about the the DBs, the linemen, the the linebackers, special teams, and all of that. So we're going to talk about that as well, okay? I want to thank you guys for listening to the program. Catch UFC 214 tonight if you can. If you can't, then, you know, enjoy whatever it is you have planned, and uh, hopefully it's something you can talk about with a lot of people tomorrow. Uh, I plan to do a lot of things today. I'm about to have some with the wife and and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. So with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank my co-host for calling in, JTAT and Money. I do what he has to do. And uh, we'll see you all next week. I'm out. Fantasy, sports, and politics. You want to talk smack? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.